Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I am Doug. And I'm Joe. We have in our hand a cigar, as always. But we also have a lot of food in our belly. Hoo-ha! <laughs> I haven't been this full in a long time. Me neither. Uh, it's important for good... So if I fall asleep halfway through the show... <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be fine unless we both fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> we might. Yeah, yeah, if the last half of the show is dead air, then you'll know what happened. Mm. Well, <laughs> our families just shared a feast of Chinese food, and it's just that kind of feast where where you just don't stop as soon as you until you're physically forced to stop. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's it's a good celebration of food. It's there, capacity. I'm done. I'm full. Capacity. <laughs> Whew. So yeah, that's good. Well, um, so anyway, in our hands, we have a long cigar, and uh, it is the Christoph Habano Churchill. Uh, pretty standard Churchill, 7 by 50 um, A size I like. I'd prefer it to be a little shorter and a little skinnier, but next to a Corona is probably perfect for me. I would still smoke a Churchill, and if it's too much, i just quit before I get <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, pick this up for $9.40. Um, so... We'll, we'll see how it turns out. I'd say that's a good price if it turns out to be a good stick. <clears throat> Where'd you get it from? I forgot. Does it tell me on here? Oh, this one actually came from Pipes and Cigars. Um, had a hard time finding all the Kristoffs from one place. Sure. Um, this is one that was a little harder to find. Um, but it's but it's in their normal collection right now, so it's not super hard to find. Um, <clears throat> but I couldn't, like, I bought six of them from one, had to buy two from another, you know how it goes sometimes, sure. and got some got some good deals on them, I think. But uh, here's, here's what it's supposed to taste like. Or, no, that's at the end of the program. Here's <laughs> what we're smoking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the Christoph Habano begins with a gorgeous, dark, chestnut-colored Brazilian Habano wrapper. Now, we've smoked some Habanos and liked them, particularly mm. Ecuadorian Habanos. Camacho's Ecuador was really good. But we'll, I'll, we'll continue here. The binder is a Brazilian Sumatra, which I think I have an idea of what Sumatra tobacco tastes like, generally speaking. These distinctive leaves are encased, or rather encase, select Nicaraguan and Dominican long fillers to create a unique medium-bodied cigar. Well, right at the start, it doesn't seem medium-bodied. It seems pretty yeah. strong. Yeah. So, <clears throat> at least to begin with, we're arguing with the medium-bodied yeah, part. Yeah, for sure. Uh but, um, what you getting, Joe? Just trying to determine that. Uh, I feel like this started out pretty, um, kind of sweet. I don't know what kind of sweet yet. But, uh, the, the thing that I noticed more than any flavors was just the strength starting off, to be quite honest with you. Um, kind of gets you in the back of the throat just a little bit. It had some spice happening. And... With the full stomach, that's great, and it's fine. It's yeah. happy. It's happy time. Yeah. Um, but as far as the tasting notes, I think getting a little bit of that sort of uh, possibly uh, like a sweet bread or a toast taste. I I I, uh, I would have said sweet wood, but I'm not sure. Yeah, so I, yeah, might, I, might, I might I might be with you to toast too. I'm not I'm not sure yet. My blood is not in my brain. It's in my stomach at yeah, the present. Mine too. I get, I get it. I get it. Um, I'm, and I'm not arguing yet because I'm not sure enough to, to argue because we're right at pretty much at the beginning. We didn't smoke it very long before we turned on the recording today. But um, what else did I want to add? Oh, that spice in the beginning I liked. Mm-hmm. But this is a cigar where the foot was covered with the wrapper. 
So it would make sense that we got a blast and it would seem stronger right at the beginning, perhaps. Yeah, but we've had... The last several have been like that, so... Mm -hmm. I didn't notice it as much then. <clears throat> yeah, that's but anyway, true. I'm yeah. not trying to counter you. Right. Anyway, that's, it's a possibility. But, um, but yeah, I, I liked the spice. It was just the right amount and not too strong. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm getting something else I can't identify and I'm not going to push myself to do it. Yeah. We'll talk about that the next update. Yep. So Yeah, that's a good point, too. Usually we're about five or ten minutes in. When we start the podcast today, we lit up and we're, I mean, maybe a couple five minutes, minutes. Yeah, two to five minutes, something like that. We came yeah. right on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, where are we going to go first? Well, we better talk about the big news item today. Is that the for those For those who are uh, getting their news from our show, we, we feel sorry for you, but yeah, Mueller uh, was testifying today, right? Yes. And what was the body he was testifying in front of? I actually didn't follow much of it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tired have, of it. We have Mueller fatigue. Yeah, we do. Mueller, we do. Mueller fatigue. Well, and it's and it's. I don't even particularly blame him. I would say it's like, I don't know, Democrat politician fatigue. It's like, uh, come on, you beat this dead horse. I mean, you didn't you didn't just beat this dead horse. You beat like three dead horses. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, and it blows my mind to think that they that they think that they can drag this out to the 2020 election. I mean, is that? That's the only conclusion I can come to with the, with the information I have. I guess, but I actually think it's 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 hurting it's hurting the Democrats. Um, oh, I think so too. Especially if they drag it out for that much, you know, that much longer for another year. Yeah. It. Here's the thing. I you know, on one hand, the American people when they they get their news from one source. If if you're let's say you're a Democrat, you get your news from the mainstream media. But if that's what you vote, if that's what you like, then that kind of makes sense. But I really think a reasonable Americans are just getting fed up with their party doing this stupid stuff. I might not, I'm I'm not on that side, so I can't say for sure. Well, but I think they are. I think you're right. And and here's the thing, like bad guys in general like to hide right out in the open because they use people's normalcy bias to hide their misdeeds. So I guess I should give a little bit of explanation or context. If you're going to steal a car, the best thing to do is to walk out in broad daylight into the middle of the parking lot yeah. and act like you know what you're doing, unlocking the car yeah. and, you know, unlock it and steal it right out in the open. But if you go to the same lot five times in the same week, you're going to get caught doing that, you know? So, so what was a good policy as a thief to, like, be out in the open... And you get away with it one time, if you just continue to and never change your tactics and keep doing it out in the open, you're going to get caught. Well, I feel like this Mueller thing is kind of like that. Like, this, it's so out there and it's so bold that we can make this accusation and people are going to believe it. And I think that that's, that's the world we live in. I mean, they, they do it all the time. They come out with some big, bold news story and they run it and people swallow it hook, line, and sinker. But... It's pretty daring to keep it going for so long because sooner or later people wise up. Yeah. You can't just keep doing it the same thing forever and ever. Uh, it's not going to work for you. I I know, and it's just, there's there's so many non stories that they try to use flamboyant language to make a story. Yeah. And even sometimes make claims, and then that's a lie. But they throw in the possibly. Or lead you to word. assume something that's not true, <clears throat> right? And uh, but I mean, and that always, you know, they'll say something. Well, you know, this would this would lead to 
him being impeached because of this, this, and this. And then at the end they say, possibly. Yeah. If, if it were true. <laughs> yeah. If, if it, it were true. true, well... But yeah. it isn't true. <laughs> right, exactly. Just, it's, it's crazy the, the way they twist words and yeah. the, the, the they media people. But anyway, so... Who is the they? That's the, que- that's the question that is on everybody's brains, I think. And we may be getting closer and closer to finding out who they really are, honestly. Well, yeah. So there's an important part about the Mueller thing. In fact, and I I'm, I'm have to admit I'm a little uninformed on it, but there's one thing that I was really... Uh, impressed with, and I think warrants mentioning because it does go to a foundational kind of principle of our country, of our laws and stuff. And that was um, a Demo- or a Republican uh, was questioning Mueller, and I won't be able to quote this exactly, but he basically said to Mueller, "Can you tell me where is the policy or the guideline <clears throat> in the Department of Justice rules that says if you cannot find enough?" proof to prosecute somebody they are not exonerated now try to follow that rewind it listen to it if you have to it gets really confusing but he's basically saying how dare you say he's not exonerated or suggest that he's not exonerated when you didn't have enough information to prosecute him because in america you are innocent until proven guilty so you are in fact assumed exonerated if they can't, if they don't have enough information to prosecute, not you. to mention the fact that's true in and of yes, itself. That's yes, true, period. but not to mention the fact that they had the company credit card, <laughs> and we've been paying for mm-hmm. how many hundreds of people, how many thousands of interviews, how many pages of of report and all this stuff, and they still can't find anything to indict them on. Come on. Well, and and on one hand, okay, if, if that's your job. You do your job, and if you don't find the information, that is your report. That's it. I, but Game on over. one hand, and I think someone's already asked him this. I don't know if it was officially at this hearing or at a time in the past. When did you know? Which is which is admittedly that's, that's the a, golden question. It is, but it, and, and admittedly, it's a tough question. But when did you know, or when did you at least were you fairly certain that you weren't going to find anything? And if that was two years ago, then how come we don't have some of our money back? Right, <laughs> you exactly. know? See, that's like, my question. Gosh! <laughs> that is my question, because, like, listening to... Listen, okay, like... Okay, we're, we are listeners to followers of what we what is deemed, or what's called, alternative media, you might say. Yeah. Right? Yep. These guys that have self-published their own podcasts and gotten millions of people to follow them because they're smart, they're articulate, they're studious, and they bring they bring the beef when it comes to... They bring things of substance when it comes to arguments and documentation and evidence. And and there's so many out there now that we've known this stuff with I mean within months we knew these this stuff. We knew about Fusion GPS. We knew about all the, the you know the Oppo research. We knew about the fake dossier. We knew about the FISA courts and how they were signed off and about how these I'm I'm going to forget the uh, excuse me, I'm going to forget the the form that has to Okay, so there's like a form that has to be published. Oh yeah, the that, um, the uh, that the court has to see the sources or whatever. There's I know a name what you're talking for it. about. Yeah, I can't think of it. Either, I mean, so. this stuff has been known for a year or how how long? I guess I'm I'm losing track of time on this thing here. Two years, and we've known about that just by listening to some people on the alternative media that are just they don't have they don't have the the resources and the entire government at their disposal. They don't have subpoena power. They don't have any of this stuff, and we knew it. And here to watch Mueller 
being questioned today and ha- look, look like deer in the headlights. Like he's like he literally said today. They asked him, "Has he, he has has he ever heard of Fusion GPS?" And he said he was not aware of Fusion GPS. Now, for him to be elbow deep in all this for that long and to never have heard of Fusion GPS, yeah. what's going on? Mm-hmm. Where's our money back? Is <laughs> a good question yeah. that you that you uh, brought up. So, I, I, I wish I was, was more informed. You know, I, I got most of my information from, from podcasts. I didn't read the Mueller report. But it was like, I mean, Why don't even, you have time? I mean, like, what, do you, well, what you, could you possibly be doing right. and not have time to read Well, and here's pages? the thing, though. Like, Andy Clavin played, like, two clips that were, like, I don't know, seven, eight seconds long. He's like, there you go. That's it. <laughs> That's yeah, all you more. need to know. Yeah. And and, he, and I, I trust him, and I, I also think he's right. It's just that it's ridiculous. They're they're dragging this out. And, uh, you know, on, on one hand, I think it's <laughs> stupid. I don't like that they spent our tax money, but just keep doing it because I I still think the American people are just like, they're, they're getting it. They know yeah. it's stupid. Maybe the money was wasted. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe you had to pay some money to, to see if there was a problem. There's not. Okay, drop it. We're done. <clears throat> it reminds me, and this might be a good segue, okay. maybe, and maybe not, but of a story that Ravi Zacharias tells about when he was in, in college or in seminary or someplace. He had a, he had a, uh, he talked about a certain academic principle that he called padding, where if you came across a question on a test that you didn't know the answer to, you would just write and the sheer volume of your answer, <laughs> hopefully in there somewhere you would get something that could get you some points or whatever, right? And he talks about a student that was a, a fellow student of his that did this on a particular question. He just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote like a volume on this answer. And he got the paperback from the professor. And on, the, on, on that answer, the, the professor had written, this is not right. This is not even wrong. <laughs> this doesn't even rise to the dignity of an error. <laughs> wow. And I think that's what we're getting with this Mueller stuff. Like, yeah. Pages and pages and pages and years and years and years. This is not right. This is not even wrong. Like, what are we even supposed to do with this? I, I want to go back. <clears throat> one, one last thing. I do want to go back and listen to when that Republican was questioning Mueller because... Would be fun testimony to listen to. Because a couple things happened. One, when he asked the question, it was confusing. Even when I mentioned it yeah. on, the, on the podcast. I know the first was, time you told me about it, I was like, what, what? did yeah. you just say? So it was confusing, and, and Mueller was like, could you... I didn't quite understand the last half. So he repeated it again, and then Mueller was starting to answer, and I think maybe starting to get the question, and then the guy said a couple more things, the, the questioner said mm-hmm. a couple more things, and the last thing I heard in the clip was Mueller say, "Well, this is a spe- this is a special case," and I'd like so the rules don't apply. Well, I don't know. That's I, I heard. You know. it, I'm like, well, because it's the president, you're not innocent until proven guilty. What is what does that mean? And I'm well, yeah. So then that's and that just again skirts the issue because because I mean like. Yeah, he's he's the justice system. This is this the principle of innocent until proven guilty is is system wide. It's it's nationwide. It's it applies to everybody. No special cases when it comes to that. Yeah, everybody that is e- everybody me. is equal under the law. Right. If there is a law where someone isn't treated equally, that's a problem. Whether it's you're not treated equally because it's of your race, because problem. of your gender, um, so St- yeah, socioeconomic status, socioeconomic status. Now that one, and that one gets a little hairy because yeah. if you got the money to hire a big fancy lawyer, 
then usually you can get out of stuff that you can't get out of if you're poor. Now, I'll, I'll add a caveat. I know a young man locally that um, was up for a, uh, I believe it was a possible rape charge. And you'll know the name when I say Alfredo Parrish. Somehow his family probably went in horrible debt to hire Alfredo Parrish to defend him, and he got off. And I'm, I'm not saying he did it and got off. He might not have actually... I don't think he actually did it. But the fact of the matter is, they probably went in debt for the rest of their life to to help get their son off, to pay that lawyer. Ransom their son out of yeah. hawk or whatever. Yep. So, uh, anyway. but So that is one thing that... But again, I suppose there's a normal level that says you're equal under the law, but if you have worked and you have millions of dollars, you have the right to hire a hundred lawyers that Sure. You, you know, so I guess Well I think the I think the idea is and we may have talked about this last week, I think it was off the air, but the idea is that the, the that fa- high fancy high priced attorney isn't bringing any arguments that yeah. a poor person that didn't have an attorney couldn't use. Right. They're just so well-practiced and so well-versed in, in case law and, exactly. and the ins and outs of the in- intricacies of the code that they, that they I mean, they've done the time to study everything to, you know. And not, it's not to say that a, a poor person couldn't be in their cell in the county jail pouring over case law and books and everything. I mean, those arguments are still accessible and to the them. And the free county attorney would have the same arguments. They have, and everything the, the is still accessible to You're them. right. So, so in that sense, yes, in that sense it is. It is they're not different. smart enough or good enough, whatever yeah. you want to say. I hate to put it that way. Yeah. Um, and and I would say I would say that is, that's a definition of, of, of equality because they're equal under the law. That doesn't mean they're 100% equal. Right. I mean, if you're a really good public speaker, you can probably defend yourself on the on the bench or on the whatever stand. Mm-hmm. Stands what I want to sound stand better than somebody who's not a good public speaker. Well, and I think that too calls into question or puts the spotlight on an idea that's even written into our what would it be the Declaration of Independence? All men are created equal. They are created equal, but they don't stay that way. Yeah, and I think it's important for us to remember that equality is not a guaranteed right all the way through your life. You're born equal. What you do from then on and what your parents do and what society does has a lot to say about what you're going to be worth in a, in a broad sense when you get old. But. Yeah. Equal opportunity, not equal outcome. Mm-hmm. And um, so, um, so yeah, that was, I, I'm glad we kind of went into stuff. that about the law, particularly innocent until proven guilty and equality under the law, because I think that really matters. Um, yeah. <laughs> and some people are just stupid. There is there is that. <laughs> you know, one thing I didn't put in our notes, and, it, and it, I'll throw it out, and we don't necessarily have to talk to it next. We'll, we'll do a cigar update here after I mention this. They they did pass that, uh, oh, some some kind of a cr- crime bill where they release people. They're releasing like a bunch of oh the uh, prison reform prison reform. Thing. Thank you. That's what it was. I, I couldn't quite crime reform prison reform. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it li- there, there may be something to, to say about that. I don't know a whole lot of details, but um, but I do know it's time it's time for an update. And uh, <clears throat> uh, to to start, I just want to say this this is um, this is one of those cigars. It's smoking. I, I'm trying to say what's special about it because for me, it, it it's kind of smoking like a cigar. Mm-hmm. This is like a normal. <laughs> Like smoking like a normal cigar, um, and, but I want to see if there's anything outstanding about it 
Like the spice is nice, normal. I think I taste a, a bit of Nicaraguan tobacco, but I, I would say it's mostly Dominican. Um, I don't know the percentage. It didn't tell us. Um, I'm going to say, for now, I'm going to call it wood. I would prefer it being bread or sweet bread or yeah. toast, but I'm going to say it's a sweet I'm, wood. I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow you there. I'm getting a little bit of leather maybe, too. Oh, yeah. That's the one I always forget. Yeah, I me think, too. Yeah, there's definitely some leather. I agree with you there. Earthy leather. Yeah. And, uh, but, but it's good. It's not dirty. Yeah, yeah. It's not nice. dirty at nice all. The, the Nicaragua I'm getting is just as clean. Um, and, and assuming that I am smart enough to tell it's Nicaraguan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I could use a little more oil. It's not bad. It's not yeah, dry, but I, I could use a little bit more. I, I agree with you there too. And that's something that's something I always notice about a cigar. I I love oily cigars, and if I don't notice it being dry, then it's oily enough. But this one, I'm noticing it's just a smidge barely, dry, just barely, barely, dry. barely. Yeah. So, uh, so that's kind of interesting. And it, and it's I checked my humidity when I pulled these out too, and so we were like at 68, 67%. So they're humidified great. Spot on. And they're burning. This one's burning oh, nice yeah. and straight. Burning Grash great. fall off, part of it? Yeah, yeah, it was about, excuse me, about an inch and a half ash okay. fell off. Okay. I don't know. That doesn't matter so much to me, but I always try to keep mine on just to just to see in it. Oh, what about the what about the weight of this? It's, it's nice about, and light. Yeah. It's not a real heavy cigar. No. Not that that lat was it the last one or the time before we had that really heavy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was noticeably a heavier one. I'd say this is average. I don't know if I would call it light, but it's average or light. Could maybe on the light side a little. Yeah, but well, that's what we got for you so far. We'll we'll keep going. And I think there's a sweetness. Like I, the sweetness, I can't pinpoint yeah. yet. I'm hoping to pinpoint it. Maybe give you like call it something by the next update if we can. We'll we'll see. So. I think we talked enough about Muller. Do we want to go to, I don't know. What? Okay, can I raise an interesting yeah, subject? Because yeah, I heard a story today that just I thought it's <clears throat> worth talking about maybe. Okay. <clears throat> and I think I know where this is going to go, but it's a fun story anyway, so okay. I'm going to just say it. Okay. So uh, I had a friend who does windshields. This this friend that, that mm-hmm. replaces windshields is a listener. He'll know we're talking about him. And I'm going to share his story, and I hope that's okay. Okay. <laughs> But well, you don't say his name, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Everybody knows who our listener yeah, is, though. Yeah, they do. Um, anyway, he called me today and he said, hey, I got a funny story for you because he knows that I do patrol in the area and things like that. And he said, I ran into this guy today, replaced his windshield, and he, we were just shooting the breeze, you know, talking about this and that and cars. And he was, he was I think he said he, this guy was restoring an old classic Chevelle, just a hot old car, you know. And he's, this guy was getting kind of up in age a little bit, maybe like... Uh, from what I understand, he was probably in his late 60s or early 70s or something like that. And, uh, you good? I am, I'm good. <laughs> and, uh, he said, you know, I, I couldn't do this when I was younger, man. He says, but building this hot car and stuff, he's like, someday I just want to get in front of a cop and just let her rip. Just squeal the tires and just go and see what the cop does. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and then Mark was saying, well, they'll chase him. He's like, yeah, I want, him, I want him to chase me. I want to just run from the cops just one time. <laughs> Funny. And so it got to me, got me to thinking. You know, there are probably times when we want, for good or ill, it's just a thing. There's times when we don't care what the law is. You know, we talk about the law and equality under the law and everything. Sometimes people just don't care what the law is. They just want to do what they want to do. Consequences be what they are. Well, I'm. And I hope he does it to me, though. Really, that would yeah, be fun. <laughs> well, 
and and I <clears throat> I get it because the, the thing with the law isn't that we're breaking the law; it's that we think that we can break the law and actually not have it affect anyone. And sometimes we actually can, but the point right. is we don't have the right to think that. Um, be, that because laws are made to protect other people. Even if we could drive 100 miles an hour for 10 miles and not pass a car, not come in contact with anybody, anybody, no one would know, no one would get hurt. We don't have the right to do it. Yeah. Um, which, which is something that I wouldn't have, wouldn't have said probably mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Um, but I, I want to mention something that um, somebody, I guess I still call my pastor, even though you're my pastor now, <laughs> but um, my, my good friend, Brian, and he was my pastor for a long time, really had a lot to do with my spiritual formation. He said people, he, he even to this day will say, people do what they want until they don't. And I didn't completely understand it when he first said it to me, but, but after learning the gospel a little bit more, we do do what we want. The key is getting our getting our want That's in the, thing, in yeah. the right place. And and, and I don't want to go too, too deep into philosophy of of desire here, but I do think that when it's only me, no matter what I choose to do, I might choose to feed the poor so that I look like a good giving person. That's still selfish. So with without a God in the picture, it's always selfish. If there's a God in the picture, then you can say I'm doing it because it's the right thing to there's do, or a to bring yeah, cause, or to be, or to bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. That takes us out of the picture, and I think that's a pure human. I would say that's how I live my life. I would say that's the way to live your life, the best. That is the best reality you can possibly live. Yeah, I was having a conversation <clears throat> along these lines with my son the other day, talking about how. So many people for many, many years, and so many people still still talk this way, when they're looking for that, the meaning of life, or they're looking for something of value in their life, they look inward, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like, well, I know, that if, if we go through life feeling that we are individuals, not entangled with everyone else, as with a commonality of, you know... Like, my, my, my decisions and my actions, even if I think that I'm all by myself, they still affect other people. And I think the sooner, sooner that we come to that realization, the better life becomes. Because we tap into this idea that we're not alone, that we're part of a larger organism, we're part of a larger a transcendent cause that's bigger than us. And it just makes life altogether all better. Now you... Now you Entangle God in there again, and that mm-hmm. makes it even better. Well, uh, yes, because you can you can actually juxtapose communal communal or community things with individual things, and you're still not necessarily raising it to the high enough level, which is the exactly. God. Exactly. Yeah. Because because <clears throat> um, in some some cases one is going to outweigh with the other, unless God is in the picture. That is when the ultimate right comes out. Yeah. And uh, and. It, it's always funny. I've I've never been in a situation, I guess, where I where I've got to use this, but I've always wanted to ask somebody, you know, when when they're saying, well, I, whether it's a transgender person or a person that's just doing something wrong in their life, they say, well, I I feel like this is right for me, you know, somebody claiming they're a different gender than they were born, somebody just saying they want to divorce their spouse, whatever the wrong thing is according to reality, I just you know I just feel like this is right. Well. 
how how would you know if your feeler was wrong was was off and wasn't wasn't feeling correctly? Mm-hmm. Oh well, I suppose I would just know. Well, how how would you know if your knower was off? <laughs> yeah, you know, at you some know. point. Yeah. How there, can it be right for you if it's wrong for every yeah. if for everyone? Yeah. And um, so it, anyway, yeah, I don't know why I brought that up. I'm, I felt like no, it's I, good. Yeah. I hope I hope it is. I'm, well, it's just acknowledging in, once again that we're tapped into a bigger a bigger story yeah. than just our own. Yes. Our story doesn't mean anything unless we plug it into the God's, others around us. Yeah. So, um, well, all right. So that came from wanting to run from the cops <laughs> yeah. in a, in a, che- in a Chevelle going really, really <laughs> fast. And, you know, I know when I was younger, I drove, I don't know how fast, but I bet I drove 70 down gravel. I might have told this story even on the podcast before. I could drive a highway and it would take me like 20 minutes to get to work. Or it would take me five minutes if I went the right speed down gravel. Because it was like this two-mile shot right down, and I would drive just crazy. And I can't believe I didn't die on that gravel <laughs> road when I was younger. It was insane how fast I drove. We've all done some stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't kill somebody else, let alone yeah, kill myself. That's true. Or hurt somebody or whatever. We all live close to the veil from time <laughs> to time. That's for sure. Oh, shoot. Well, so... I don't have a whole lot to say about this, but because I didn't understand something you said about it in the past, I want to bring it back up. Sure. So apparently there is some kind of government committee or something or somebody looking into Facebook as far as antitrust, if something should be done as far as antitrust laws are concerned. Before I talk, are we okay with the breeze? Are we getting smoky in here? It's getting a little smoky, but I don't know if there's anything we can do about it. I don't think there is either. Should I turn the fan back towards us? Sure. Okay. It seemed to be seemed to work okay when it was pointing towards us. I pointed it away, hoping that would be better. Tell our engineer and our producer to get that ventilation <laughs> working better. <laughs> the the non noise ventilation. Yeah. So, oh, I'm gonna turn it a little. So, um, you and I, I want to try to actually say what you said because I think it was really smart and I was misunderstanding it. I thought you were suggesting that the government get more involved um, in regulating Facebook. And it was on a previous podcast when we were talking about this, and I think towards the end I figured out what you were meaning. But you were suggesting that the government not be involved at all. In other words, not giving them a pass as a platform, but just saying, nope, nope, if you're gonna if you're gonna be restricting or approving things, then you're actually publishing. You're a now. publisher. Yeah. And so you're actually liable for publishing things that are not your right to publish yeah. legally. And so that seems to be the right right thing for me too, because they're a they're a private business. They can manage their business how they want, but the government if the government's giving them a pass and saying you're a platform and then they get to come complete hands off, you know, no nobody controls anything except them. They get to say, Oh, we're not gonna publish this content, we're gonna publish this content. That that does seem wrong. Um Unless a law has been broken, if somebody, I mean, what what would be illegal if I posted something on Facebook and said, I, if I said I'm going to go beat up Frank, mm-hmm. that would be that would yeah. be illegal. That's already well, anything li- that's libel, okay. Anything that's slander, you know, like legal definition, like lies that aren't true. Anything, yeah, I mean, you name it, it, it gets pretty deep, you know. 
Uh, I also think that I, I feel like it if. But but libel or lies that aren't true has to be about an individual. It can't be about a group. You right. can't it, like if I said black people aren't as smart as white people. That's not libel. It's just false. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I mean, like, yeah, they should be liable for things that they publish that have consequences, negative, whatever. But um, I was also thinking that it's it's the guy. I feel like it would be more the government's responsibility. Like the, fa- Facebook and other and there are others too have a tremendous amount of cover that the average people don't have, and I think that's wrong. I also think that. There should be something as far as providing for the common welfare of the people, and I know that's a slippery slope. I, I get it. Yeah. But if a company is going to be collecting and tracking you, I feel like it wouldn't be bad for the government to say, "Hey, this information, this this entity is taking this kind of information, and this is what they're using it for." Like, okay, you know, you read the terms and conditions before you sign up for anything. Yeah. I feel every, like that needs to be open. It, right? That needs yeah. to be more open. I feel like. Maybe. Um. <clears throat> There's, I, I think if we're gonna if we're gonna legislate if we're gonna do anything in that regard, I think it it's it would it'd be best to do it in a more open and honest way. Business should be done in a more open and honest way. And I feel like I feel like the government would be well served. Not saying it's necessarily like their mandate, but uh-huh. if they're gonna do something, I'd rather have them move toward open and openness and honesty uh-huh. than. Than uh, the Maybe, way they but seem that, to be but, going. but I, I feel like, and then this is this is I, I know the libertarian side of me feels like that's pushing pushing morality. You burn yourself. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I did that last week or the week before. Sorry, man. Um, I feel like that's pushing a morality, saying that you have to be honest, that you have to be open. Yeah, but it's the government's job to push morality. Let's face it. Murder is <laughs> illegal. Why? Because life has value. Because it pushes, that's pushing morale. Right. So it, it is. It's the government's job to stand between God and man and say, "Hey, this is we're going to sort this out." Maybe I, I just worry about uh, violating the right of a person to run their business as they see fit. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's the government's job to make you be honest. I think it's the government's job to protect you and the other person from dishonest people. No, from somebody from somebody telling you that you have to be honest. It's the government's job to to protect you from someone forcing you to be honest. I think uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing this out. I'm we have I'm kind of stuck myself there, here. So. There are laws that protect people from liars. For example, if you well, we were just talking about libel or whatever. I mean, that's 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 a law. Well, so like so if somebody does something that's that's dastardly, yeah. What recourse does a person have except for the government to say, "Hey, this person lied to me or cheated me or was deceitful with the way they did business with me?" And I mean, that's what isn't that a function of government to mediate between those types of arguments? Um Okay. Perhaps so. If if I Maybe buy a car from you bit. and you tell me it is this particular kind of car, and there's proof that you said it is, it is this, it is this, mm-hmm. and I give you this much money, and it's not that, I could take you to court because. Or if I find out that there were microphones and GPS trackers in the car that you sold me, and that that uh, you were collecting information on my conversations and where I went and who I was with and 
And okay, and that's a violation of my privacy. What I was talking about with my kids inside the car. And I may have signed so, something in the contract to buy the car that said that stuff in there, but it was done in a way that purposefully... Deceptive? Yeah. That, that wh- What I see happening here is this, is this big snowball, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, <laughs> this big snowball into bureaucracy because at some level... Even if Facebook got it perfect, it, it would still be so much information. Here's here's what we're doing. We are collecting this information. It would be a document 700 pages long, very small print. Sure, we could all read it. Nobody's going to read it. Nobody's going to get it. But they're open. They've got the mm-hmm. information. Even if they do it perfect, we're not. We're going to be right where we are now. Which which kind of underlines the point that we started with. They're either a publisher, or they're a uh, what's the what's the what's the other word. A, a plat- platform. A platform. Well, here's Either the thing. Either they have to be completely open and honest and let you publish whatever you want to publish and let the free market take it where it will, or they have to be a little bit more upfront. Well, here's the rub, though. I think they want to be a platform and have the government regulate them. I think they want that because if they can lobby the government the way they want, they can actually get the kind of the best of both worlds. Well, that's what they've got now. Yeah, that's what they got now. But I really think a a, a company as large as Facebook has the power, and and the others, the other big tech companies, have the ability to lobby the government to put them in a situation where they will, that'll be the situation Facebook wants. It won't be necessarily what's best for the people. It'll be what's best for Facebook. So I get a little nervous when we talk about government regulation. It really has to be done right. But I guess this is the nature of any government regulation, any law. It has to be done right. And, and you have to be careful um, how it's handled. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does seem like, like, I'm not even sure that I think they should be a platform. It, because it seems like yeah. that's what they are. I don't think they should be liable for publishing. But then, but then you can't, they can't remove things that they disagree with politically. Well, it's, it seems that way. But then who enforces it? Is, is it right? See, to t- <clears throat> who enforces it? You hit the nail on the head, I think. If I may. Uh-huh. If okay. I may jump in. <clears throat> I think the problem that we have is not is not how do we classify these organizations. I mean, I'm talking about okay. the big ones. I'm talking okay. about Google, Facebook, these big ones. The problem isn't, to me, how do we classify them and how do we treat them under the law. I, th- I mean, those are issues that need to be addressed for sure. But I think the bigger problem that we're, f- that we're running into, and this is a brand new problem, so, so our forefathers never could have foreseen right. this. Right, okay, okay. And that is that these corporations are becoming more sovereign than the government itself. Because... Who's going to enforce it? If Google decides that they want to defy a law or if they want to, which, I mean, they are, but, like, if they, if they decide, who's going to enforce Google? They're multinational. There's nobody has jurisdiction over the Internet, which mm-hmm. is their operating platform. So that's, I think, the bigger question that needs to be answered. And, and I'm not necessarily, I'm not in favor of the government taking over the Internet. Yeah. But Me what either. needs to happen somehow is... These corporations need to be brought under the jurisdiction of somebody. So There needs to be somebody that can enforce something on them. Because well, I think we're beyond the point where the free market can do it. All right. Okay, and there's where we differ. Uh, because this is, this is my answer still, I think, and I actually... There's two things to say. I actually think the free market always can and always will. Now, I'm probably about 99%. I'm about 1% thinking... Maybe it can't, and if it can't, then maybe antitrust is is the answer. 
or a weird new antitrust thing yeah. that only because this is a weird situation. It's not something we've ever seen before. But generally, I think the free market, because what happens is word is getting out. Word is getting out that they're limiting content, that they're not doing it right, they're not doing it well. I actually think Facebook will continue to do what they want, and eventually people will leave for something freer, for something better. I might be wrong, and it takes a while, um, but I, I just, I mean, I, I've seen, I mean, I've only been alive 52 years, but it just seems like when people start to realize, yeah, they're they're not feeding me what I want, maybe they'll, you know, they'll find an alternative. <clears throat> when, I think it was Eisenhower... Was it Eisenhower that gave his farewell speech that talked about the military-industrial complex and the technotronic uh, technocracy? <laughs> I don't remember. Essentially, my belief is is that we are closer to a world government than we've ever been in this, the history of the world because corporations like Google have total control. If, if Google wanted to shut down the power grid of... Name the country. I think they could. If they wanted to foil an election of name the country, I think they could. If they wanted to screw up all shipments of mm. oil, I think they could. By suggesting... And who would enforce it? Mm. Or who would, who would stop them? And so I think that the, the issue is just like... Is that they've become a, a virtual superpower. And I, that's what concerns me. Hmm. It's a well, technocracy. It's a new. It's a brand new thing. It, it is. I. Yeah. I. And and unless you go low tech, which can't compete with high tech. Yeah. How do you get outside? How do you even rebuild another, an, another competing system? I. I'm I'm at a loss to know how you would do it. I, I'm not sure either. And I and I, boy, I wish I was. This is one of the areas where I'm where my values start to butt heads with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's and oh, I'm, yeah. and I'm not sure, you know, because I'm, I'm a free market guy. I'm, you know, but but it's like I'm not. Again, if there was an alternative, they'd buy them out. If I started the alternative and they offered me ten million dollars to buy me out, hell yeah, I'd sell to them. Boom, done. I got my ten million. I'm going to retire. And I think we're at the point now where they don't even need to buy you out. They just shut you down, shut you up, and shut you down. There's that too. <clears throat> well, that's interesting. We're not going to solve this problem. We're we can not, just do our best to try to understand it. But, but we can talk about the scar. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, I really want to name the suite. And and I'm having a hard time doing it. I think just about everything else we talked about is consistent. And I think you hit it with leather. I think the, I think the leather and the wood part is correct. But I, I feel like that sweetness is something I can't put my finger on. It almost is like a caramelized sugar a car like a it's pretty subtle is one of the reasons yeah. I, you might be hitting like it a burnt pretty close sugar that's sort of bitter weird burned sugar caramel it's burnt really sugar. tough I think you're getting close it's tough yeah oh yes yeah, an over roasted praline yeah. <laughs> That's just me being funny. It's a burnt brickle. Yeah, I don't know. Butter brickle that has been cooked just a little too much. <laughs> butter brickle. Butter brickle when my uncle was smoking a cigar in the background and blowing it into the butter brickle. <laughs> <laughs> On a wood stove. <laughs> in a sod yeah. cabin. Yeah. And he was he was 
Yeah. <laughs> come up with all kinds of stuff. And he was eating brownies. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, this is so elusive. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I, I think you're close though with the caramel or the burnt sugar. I think you're. I think you're getting that's close. That's all there. I can get. Yeah, we need to. Uh, and I'm glad we're kind of talking about stuff instead of focusing on the cigar. But so let's let's take a couple more drives. Just give it a chance. Don't force ourselves. See what we can get. I'll go caramel. It's uh, if, if there's a little more there, I could tell you for sure. I'm, I'm going to call it caramel, but I'm still a little yeah. uncertain. And the thing that I think is throwing me is that the leather, the, the earthy leatherness that's there is not something I... It doesn't seem like I get that in caramel. Right. Like, normally caramel They're would be with a... Bake, yeah, like we'd normally be getting a baking <laughs> spice and a caramel or a sweet bread. But I, I'm, I'm going to call it that. I'm going to call it caramel. And thank you, thank you. You helped me. We, we, I'm almost ready to break with tradition and read whatever that says because I haven't read it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't pay attention to it when I cut and pasted it. So, but we, we have to, we have to wait till the we end. Have to wait. We'll, we'll figure it out. We got a few right. more minutes yet to talk about life and the things in the world. And you know, we we have listeners. We have to tell them what to think about things. <laughs> if we could phrase that into a really clever catchphrase, it could be everything. Doug and Joe talk. We tell you what to think about. Thought training. Your weekly <laughs> yeah. thought training. Yeah. Oh, so, but, okay, do we like this? Uh, so, far, I like this cigar. Oh, I love it. It's yeah. just one of those, it's one of those, we run across them every <clears throat> once in a while, where it's just a good cigar. And we don't, can't tell you why, it's just good. Yeah, and I, and I wouldn't say stellar. No. But it's just like, huh, I'm enjoying this. It's, yeah, it's not wowing me, but I like it. So, and, and the spice, the spice isn't what it was in the beginning, but it's huh. still there, and I, and I, and I like that. And by spice, we need to be careful so that people don't think we're meaning like a like a flavor spice. We're talking about picante, like the sharp, yeah. stinging spice. And it's just a little bit, just the right amount of spice. Tingle almost. Yeah, tingle. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> all right. Um, you notice how we always get really confused and like agitated whenever we talk about big tech and like what to do about <laughs> we do, it. We, we, can't, do. we can't figure this out. That's we almost need to have an expert or somebody that knows more than us or another voice to add to the conversation with that. We do because I feel like a lot of times we can hit our values. We can boil things down to our values and say this is what it should be. And this, this is a new thing. It is. We're we're kind of flabbergasted on this and yeah. boy. It's, well, it, it's kind of like what we were talking about at the beginning of the show too where we're talking about how everybody's getting the notion that the media is not telling them the truth Everybody's getting the notion that things are wrong, but, like, it's kind of the same situation to me. Like, I think there's a kind of a wide feeling. This isn't right, but how do we make it right? Yeah. You know, we don't know. Well, yeah. and... We can move on. Yeah, we can. My, my default is it's better to do nothing and let things go. But you can't back up because we've already done something. Yeah. We've already called them a platform. So, and, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, there's a couple other things. What about this... Uh, I think it's important this uh we could deal with omnibus bills generally, but also the omnibus uh, uh budget thing that passed. And I definitely want to mention this and I'm I think I think Trump's doing okay in general. Um spending though, both parties are blowing out spending. Yeah. And that's what this was. I don't know if you heard it, but almost a year ago, Trump basically said this isn't This is it. This is yeah. This is the last omnibus thing I'm signing. We shouldn't be doing this. Some of it's good, some of it's not. We had to do this to get fund the funding we wanted. 
we're doing it, but we're not going to do it again. And then he did it again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't know if he has. I don't know if he has what it takes. Needs some. Needs some tea party guys in there saying. Uh-uh. And they try. Well, you know what it is. <coughs> I. I do want to hear my theory. Yeah, I do. I do. I don't want to just like assume. Well, you know what it is. You know. Yes, you're right, Joe. Guys. Tell me. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be one of those guys, but I honestly think this is the advisors coming in saying this is a huge fight. Do you want to do this right before an election? And I think with everything else going on, he's just like, all right, whatever. Kick the can. I wonder, you know? Well. Not to say that's the right decision, and not, to, and not to say that's what the people actually want him to do. But I think in those closed doors, if those are the only voices you're hearing, it might be kind of easy to succumb to him. Well, and it might be, but so think about this, and I, I don't want to, I mean, the time to do that would be your second term. <clears throat> To have in that your fight. Se- in your second term, have that's that when you want to have that fight. Have yeah, the budget I agree. fight. Cut entitlements your second I term. I totally agree. And you know what? He's the guy that, even though he's a Republican, he's not tied to the party, and he might be a guy to say, okay, Republicans, I'm not sure I have to protect the Republicans here. Yeah. This is wrong, and second term would be the time to do it. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe he's waiting. Let's hope. Let's hope, hope that hope right so. after that second term starts, he's like rolling up the sleeves and is like, all right. Boy, I hope so too, because he, he needs some... Paul Ryan was too much of a wuss, but I think Paul, <laughs> I, I think Paul Ryan had was headed in the right direction sometimes as far as getting spending under control, and and even I think he was compassionate enough too that he's saying, okay, we can't just drop Social Security. Take we have to the curb. Yeah, we have to do it the right way and and kind of ease it out. It's like that. I think some of those ideas were good, but he was just not. He's not a salesperson. He was not a strong speaker. In fact, I don't even think he wanted. The job yeah. he had, uh, he got out pretty quick. He did, <clears throat> but so See, you know, Trump is a guy that could make it happen. Yeah, and and second term would be the time to do it. Man, we'll 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 hope. We'll well, okay, we'll leave it there. But I I do want to mention somebody, and I don't know who it was, did try to put some amendments in there to the uh, not to the omnibus budget, but to the uh, we're talking about two things kind of at once here. The the bill that passed for the nine eleven people, mm-hmm. um, the seventy two year no basically no limit you know, taking care of them, um, which it, the first responders, they need to be taken care of. No no question about that. But the fact that Rand Paul said, there's no restrictions, how are we going to fund this? And somebody tried to make some amendments. I don't know what the amendments were, but tried to kind of rein in the spending mm-hmm. on that. No, just no restrictions for 72 years. For gosh sake, that's insane. And they're like, nope, no amendments. We're just going to pass this. <clears throat> okay, so it passed. But it's just one more thing to spend more money, which is fine. It's a good thing to spend money for. But how are we going to fund it? What else should we cut to make sure that the first responders are taken care of? Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, it gets a little sticky. <clears throat> it does. Um, I don't know. I mean, you say budget, but I mean, is, the, is it even a budget? Is, well, we these continuing resolutions are... So, my... Cigar almost went out. So, I think I was talking too much. <laughs> I really got into that for a minute. Mm. Mm. Getting a little bit of a little bit of transition here as I'm trying to puff it back into existence here. It didn't go out, but it almost I'm in, did. I'm definitely into the final third. I'm feeling like this is getting a little sweeter yet. But You know what? Look at our cigars. I've definitely been talking more. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're what? You're, you're what? Right two inches? 
Yeah, I've got about two yeah, I got to I got to smoke and, and <laughs> talk less. Okay, so well, do we want to go to? I don't know much about what happened with Iran, so I'm not sure. I don't either. We started talking about that last week about Iran needing to be dealt with, and I'm kind of. <clears throat> did we talk about it on the podcast? I How, think so. Did we? Okay. And I, and I think that I'm I'm by no means a hawk, mm-hmm. but I'm my, by no means a dove either. Yeah. I feel like war is. A, I mean, because even okay, we we can back up and just incorporate this into the whole conversation. Ultimately, the free market is a is an idea of force. I mean, it's a force. It's, it comes down to, to who has the force, you know? And I think that so many things come down to a correct application of the correct amount of force. And I, 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 wanna, I always think of that in very cautious terms of using force, but I'm, I'm wondering if, if now is we're getting... I mean, I think we're getting closer to needing to use force against Iran. I wish there was another way. And I think Trump's talked about it this week. He talked about, hey, we can... Their economy's crashing. We could crash it harder. Yeah, I think we should. And uh, I mean, <clears throat> what's but but is that even going to work? I mean, if they get their backs against the wall, what are they capable of? Is well, this is the scariest thing. So, here's the thing, though. When when you say something like that, if their backs, what are they capable of? On some level, though, you have to say, so what? Because what are they capable of if their back isn't against the wall? Worse, you know, worse, uh, worse yeah. perhaps. So. So, you know, that has to be weighed. I, I remember um, Pastor Brian, guy I mentioned earlier, saying evil people do evil things. And so sometimes the best thing to do is something preemptive because not doing the preemptive thing could cause worse consequences. Now, now let, me, let me be honest. I hate when people predict the future. But sometimes, mm-hmm. particularly in foreign policy, you do have to look a little bit ahead and make those judgment calls. And you know what? Sometimes you'll get it wrong. And I think, in retrospect, you can always tell when you get it wrong. And you can look back and, and hammer some politicians. For, but if you make a mistake, if you have good motives and you say, this is probably what's going to happen, we need to do this, and then 10 years later you look back and say it was wrong, that doesn't mean that the decision was wrong at the time. You took the information you had. You have to make the best decisions you can. Right. And I, I, boy, I think it's better to lean on the side of, being hard on Iran than not. So what would you do? And and what would be your goal when dealing with Iran? I think the the first thing is not not war. The first thing is do everything to absolutely stop their economy. Period. Don't have any waivers on the you know, on the restrictions just just as many allies everybody know done. We're done dealing with them. And stop their economy from moving, <clears throat> because I really think if you if you just quit pussyfooting around, you can do a lot of damage market wise. If their economy isn't moving, they're going to lose money. They're going to lose power. They're going to lose ability to do the bad things. Um, sometimes there are consequences because their allies might start getting kind of nasty. But I think that's where you start. I, I don't necessarily think you start with war, but I think you have to be willing to, to make those hard choices up front and then be willing to, to, to back it up. <clears throat> um, it's tough. I don't I don't think I'm <clears throat> super smart on foreign policy, so... Well, I guess the issue that scares me about the whole thing is that theirs is not an economic um, 
ideology. Theirs is a yeah. theirs is a religious ideology and a martial ideology. They go hand in hand when you're talking about like the Islamic Republic of Iran or whatever. You, you know, they've got their well, belief system is set. Their course is set. Mm-hmm. But it's set whether or not. They make good choices or bad choices. True. I mean, so, well, well, what so, I'm yeah. saying is, what amount of economic sanctions and economic hardship is going to cause them to abandon those? If there's, well, if if none of it will, then why not just go to war? Well, I don't because I don't. And here's here's a short answer, and then we're we probably should do a wrap on the cigar. Here. The, the short answer is, you don't go to war right away because if you can win the war without going to war, your goal isn't to get them to change their ideology. Your goal is to take power away from. Them them because because i agree that they won't change their ideology so you take the power away from them the money and when their, if their economy goes down the tubes they won't have the money to do as much evil so that's going to going to limit them and that's better than going to war but if we have to go to war we have to do that too mm-hmm. <clears throat> um and that i kind of sound like a hawk sometimes <laughs> when i talk that way but um, well, i think you're right i just think that and it, knows, and i don't and want to see your boys going to well fight that's the thing in theory it's good and that's and it's right you're you're taking the right steps but Sometimes you like you just said. Sometimes preemptive action is better than. Yeah, I mean, because they're probably the more desperate they get are going to resort to just more yeah. outlandish evil, and unfortunately, that's and maybe, the pattern that we've seen. Maybe that's why foreign policy is so hard because you do have to sort of try to predict yeah. the future a little bit. So yeah, um, anyway, we'll shelf that one. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that later. There's other places we could have gone, but we need to. <clears throat> See what this says. We can expect with this cigar primary notes of cedar and pecan with tantalizing spices as well as rich sweetness on the finish. So the closest they come to defining the sweetness is pecan. Yeah. I don't know. The cedar, I don't, I don't know. Or that, I, that would be pecan for our southern Pecan, fans. pecan, yeah. I had an argument with somebody about how to pronounce that right at once, and I looked it up. Pecan, pecan. I can't remember which is the which is the proper. which is the. They're both they're both acceptable, but yeah. one was one was ahead of the other. I don't remember. <laughs> pecan pie, pecan pie. Um, so, I don't know that I was. I don't know that I was getting that nut. I'm I'm gonna stick to the well, leather. You did say praline at one point. I did, but I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm. I think we're. Uh, I'm gonna stick to the leather. Um, I don't know. Burnt sugar, burnt caramel. Yeah. But earth, but so like, and the spice definitely, that tantalizing, that spice has danced around the whole time. Mm-hmm. That, that was good. So I'll give them that. But uh, this is it. Last draw, last comment. What do we got? Mm. Still got the leather, still got the sweet. I, you know, pecan, I don't know, pecan. Yeah. I don't eat a lot of them, so I guess maybe I'm not too. I, I do eat some, but yeah, I don't. I don't get that as much as I get that sort of caramely, caramelized, burnt, burned sugar. Yeah, I, th- I think you were right. I think you're pretty close with that. I, I'll, I'll stick with that. I'll, I'll agree with you here. I'm saying okay. So this has been the Christoph Abano Churchill, and it's really crazy that Joe has like two inches, well, two, you and know. Ha- two and a half inches left to smoke, and I've got like three and a half. I'm go get her. I've been definitely been <laughs> talking more than you for sure. Um, uh, so the Christoph Abano Churchill, we like it. Um, anything else to say? I don't think so. <clears throat> so thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to finish up my cigar and uh, appreciate you listening to DougAndJoeTalk.com. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>